Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. On this episode, I catch up with the New South Wales-based owner of Staying Star Valpolicella, Sandro Pacini, to have a chat about what it's like having such an amazing chaser who's notched up a stack of feature race wins of late. We also spoke about his love and passion for breeding, including an incredible amount of workload he puts in to decide the all-important mating of his sires and bitches. I hope you enjoy this episode. So yeah, we'll um we'll kick off firstly. We'll go back to to Saturday night, and yeah, sort of um take me through you know take me through from your perspective. I mean, I, I can only imagine like I know what it's like as a as a punter or just a fan of the sport watching a you know a feature race. But take me through it from your perspective because you're not um not only Val Policella's owner, you're her breeder as well. So how were um yeah how were your emotions going through that? Because you know seven twenty is quite a you know it's quite a bit of a journey. Sometimes you think oh you know is it hard watching them race over such a longer t- distance oh well i, I suppose I'm, I'm i'm conditioned to to her running over the distance now and the best part about it is that tony tony's always said that she's such a clean winter dog and um and she doesn't really take any harm from it and we kind of discovered that as we as she progressed from 500 to 600 and and then to her first 700, I think she trialled 42 dead at, um, at Albion Park at her first first look at 715 metres up there, which, you know, probably win most of the races. And that was just in the trial. And, um, and he said, oh, she didn't take any harm from it at all. She doesn't drink up, doesn't drink her water and doesn't doesn't seem stressed at all. And, and I can tell you, having her at home, like, when she comes down to Whitworth Park, he, he brings her down, he stays at my place and... And uh, just watching her after after her runs, next day you wouldn't think she even had a run. That's that's how, that's how well she recovers from these from these distances. Yeah, and, right. You know, and I just think she's getting stronger and stronger. To be honest, I mean, and the other night she ran home in twelve oh five. I mean, you'd almost be happy with that with a, with a five hundred meter dog, wouldn't you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly, exactly. And she's yeah. she's sort of really taken a, a shine, like you said, of late to Wentworth Park. I mean, I think everyone sort of you know really took notice of her when she won that Christmas cheer final because you know while it wasn't obviously a, a full a full dog field. She she still beat the likes of, you know, Punners Bandit, Ritzer Piper, Zipping Vanessa, etc. And yeah, no, I think that's when a lot of people said, you know, this is a serious dog. Yeah, well, you know, she she sort of announced herself um, on on a bigger stage, didn't she? Rather than just sort of beating the local Queenslanders, and uh, you know, I think that and running the time as well, forty one eighty, or I think she ran that night. It sort of. Um, let everyone know she was there, kind of thing. But we always knew she was capable of it. I mean, she had she had trialled twice at Wentworth Park before she even raced there in the Sydney Cup back in October. And Tony took the time to come down and, and trial her, and, um, and she trialled in the forty one sevens back then. You know, so yeah. so we kind of knew, kind of knew that that, um, that that Wentworth Park. She took real liking to it right away. I mean, she rails very well there doesn't tend to run off like she can do at other tracks uh, but that's that's probably part of her um her overall learning experience now she's becoming more seasoned as well uh so yeah so she, we, we're 
you know, really, really happy and quite excited to um, to sort of have have her there. But you know, I guess I guess the biggest fear I have is her getting hurt. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. like you know, like I kind of think, well, it's some kind of a dream, living a dream, having a dog <laughs> like her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you sort of think, oh, it's got to just don't want it to be hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I guess that's the thing that goes through my mind more than anything, to be honest. Really, you know, I don't even think about winning. I just, I just think, I, don't, I, I just look at it like, oh God, just don't get in trouble and don't get, don't get knocked over, you know, yeah. and don't come, don't come off the track with a with a bad injury. That's really how I feel about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I mean, you know, and Saturday night's um feature win, obviously and the, the group two summer played. I mean, that was her second feature win in just over a month. So she's taken yourself and Tony on quite a ride of late. It must um, must be uh, nice sort of clocking up these feature wins every few weeks or so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's hope this week's uh, it's, it's, it's the start of another one yep, you know, with, the, yep. with the Albion Park Gold Cup. So, you know, that's, it. that's on a home track now, which, which I guess it's a home track you know, technically, even though she's owned here. But, um, yeah, she... They're claiming her as a Queenslander. And Ron Arnold actually said to me, you know, they're claiming her as a Queenslander, but she's ain't here. I said, well, I'll remind them of that. But I said, well, I'll take the money either way. Yeah, New South Wales. We, in terms of sporting, we haven't um we haven't had a great year, so we need to claim all the talented athletes we can. So I think we'll um we'll make sure that we remind them that she is ours. <laughs> well, she's she's got blue blood. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> definitely. She might be wearing a maroon jacket. She'll, she'll have blue blood. No, nah, we'll, nice. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that one. Nice. Now, tell me about the name. Where did it come from? Oh, the name represents a uh, an Italian. Uh, a wine growing region uh, in the north of Italy, and um, it's it's funny how it came about because my father used to run, have a wine shop in 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 the inner west in Sydney, and um, and, and and one day this uh, this importer of Italian wine he came into into the shop and he said, look, I'm I'm about to go bankrupt, and I said, and he said, oh really? He said, well, I've got all this wine. And, I, and the liquidator's going to take it, and they're going to sell it. I'm going to get nothing for it. And he said, "Would you buy it?" He goes, "Well, how many have you got?" He goes, "You know, I can't remember. It was about fifty thousand bottles or something like oh that." Oh my god! And so my father offered him offered him some money, and and he took it. And uh, most of it happened to be Val Policella wine. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And, and, and I, it was like, I'm packing each box about Policella, I'm Policella, and then the name stuck. Just and I stuck said to him, I said, you know what? I said, that would make a good name for a dog one day. And he said, well, make sure you name a good one after it because we're, <laughs> we're doing a good deal here, he said. <laughs> I tell you what, so, you're pretty spot that's how on. That's came about. <laughs> yeah, right. That's amazing. Have you, um, have you enjoyed a few bottles of that after she's, um, she's cracked a couple of those big wins? Well, we cracked one the other night nice. after, after Wentworth Park. Yeah, we, uh, my wife cracked some champagne, but she pulled out a bottle of Valpolicella, so we, cracked that, we drank that as well. So. Oh, outstanding. And, I mean, you know, when I talk to people that have obviously, you know, whether they've you know, bred the dogs and, and sold them on and they've won big races or they've kept them and that, you know, it's probably just adds that little bit extra special, you know, the fact that she's turned out to be the way she is because, you know, you've you've been there from day one and seen her from day one and I can only imagine how proud you are now watching her do what she does. Oh, look, you know, it's a, it's a, big, it's a big thrill, you know, and, and not just her. I mean, the litter, the litter actually is 
quite a, quite a nice letter to be yes. honest. And um, and there's like like I don't you don't see very often, but five of the litter have won at 600 or more, and most of them have won in the city. And um, in fact, there's one that um, races in New Zealand. She won a Group 2 in New Zealand the other day. Yeah, right. Over yep. 732 metres. Her name's Spread the Load. Yeah. She's, she's a very fast bitch. Um, and, 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 and what's also pleasing is that one of the other um, bitches in the litter, uh, Emily Zoe, she's owned by, by Judy Hurley, who used to train... Her mother, Saldana, for me in, in South Australia, and um, and she's and she's quite a fast bitch. In fact, she even broke in faster than Val Policella. Yeah, right. And she's run she's run thirty three eighty three or something at Sandown, and you know, and um, she's just out with a small injury at the moment, but she'll be back. I'm told. So um, yeah, they're they're really looking forward to her her uh, continuing her career. She's she's an extremely fast bitch. Um, yeah, Emily Zoe. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice. Now she's got a um, she's got a litter of my bro Fabios that um are April two thousand twenty two whelping. How are um yep. some of them progressing? Well, one of them has just gone up to Tony's Amit um last weekend. He brought her home um on on Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's one it's one that I sold to uh, to a friend of mine, and um he 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 pestered me and pestered me with only two pictures in the litter, <laughs> and. Uh, and he goes, oh, come on, you've got to sell me a bitch. I said, no, I've got seven dogs. I said, you know, six dogs. I said, sell me a dog. And he goes, no, 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 I want a bitch, I want a bitch, I want to breed with it. And I go, oh, okay, all right, so oh, after, after about two months, him pestering me, I, I sold it to him. And you wouldn't believe he's got the better one, hasn't he? Oh. <laughs> Good luck to him. That'll make it worse. Her, he brought her over on Sunday to my place, um, we took her to the airport when I took Tony back, and uh, oh, she's a magnificent bitch, actually. Yeah, she's not named yet, but um, yep. keep an eye Time out to for keep her. An yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Now, tell me about, you know, obviously, um, you know, some people divulge, you know, deeply into the test mating side of it to pick their size. But, yeah, do you have a particular method or, or a way that, you know, you like to match up your size with your broodies? Well, I do use greyhound data extensively. There's no doubt about that. And um, But what I do is... Um, I actually run my own stats for size, believe it or not. Oh, I've been doing lovely. it for ten years. Yep. And um, and I, I kind of rate. Well, my my bent is to uh, is to breed stayers. That's what I really want. I, well, at least five hundred metre dogs. I, I I kind of I, I'm from an old school that um, it just like just grew up with all the great stayers. Um, when I was young, yep. And um, and I've I've always wanted stayers. In fact, Bobby, my my idol from when I was young was probably Miss High Low. You probably don't remember her, but she was a she was a great great bitch and um at Wentworth Park when my father used to be a bookmaker there. And so I, I grew up with my childhood <laughs> watching yep. Miss High Low as Capella <laughs> Miss, Michelle Shree, all the great stays of the of the day. And you know, there's nothing better than watch, watching watching staying races and, and and actually when I when I took out a trainer's license, my first winner was over seven hundred metres. And, oh, um, wow. and then I got a good then I got a good bitch that put me through university, and um, <laughs> and she uh, she won about eighteen races and she won several over seven hundred as well. I think yeah, she, I think she nice. won nine or ten races at Penrith over seven hundred, a couple of Harold Park over seven thirty two. So yeah, so I, I, I just, just I'm just stuck on stayers. I must say. I mean, some people love sprinters. I'll take what I can get, but. but <laughs> But I do love the stay. So I'm always looking to back to your question. 
Yep. I, I basically um, I keep stats on 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 uh, on on their on all results uh, across Australia for over four hundred over four hundred and forty meters, and then time to each race, and um, and then uh, any of the dogs that qualify under the, in, within that time standard, I chart their, their all the nicks. For the first four generations, yeah. So what I do is I keep the stats over. Basically, I go through the results every day, and I and I and I for all Australia-wide results, and and I look at the, the times that they run over four forty meters or more. So it's not that many races because most of the races are under four forty these days, and um, and then they have to qualify. I've got a time standard per per track per, and distance, and the, and the, and a qualifying time that whatever that dog runs um let's say if it's Wentworth Park it might be 29.6 or something um then I look at the breeding of that dog I, I chart it I chart the, the mating from the to, to the sire and, and I chart the first four generations and a, and then eventually for that particular sire there might be uh, 20 litters that, that that qualify and I'll have a I'll have a nick rating for that for that sire for over 440 meters so um Eventually, over time, I, I can then identify which which size nick to which particular other which are other bloodlines, and yeah, wow. and and I've been doing it for ten years now, so I've got ten years worth of stats. That's under, amazing. Under, 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 it's a very time-consuming yeah. exercise, believe me. <laughs> I was going to say that is a lot of work, and you know, you said it to me before a lot you, of work. you were sitting in an office, so you obviously juggle that with a job as well. Oh, uh, my wife goes, "What are you doing sitting at the computer all bloody night?" I said, "I'm watching the dogs and doing my stats." She goes, "I hope it pays off one day." You know. <laughs> <laughs> we can say to her now, look, I told you it'd pay off one day. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's what she said to Tony. He goes, well, he does a lot of work, you know. And I go, I said, yeah, but he's putting on weight. He's got to sit on my ass. Oh, you'll have to get one of those walk pad things that you can use a computer and walk at the same time. <laughs> I reckon that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> and he's... Is that sort of, you know, I, I don't want to obviously, you know, um, give you <laughs> your secrets away and all that, but is that how no, you... How no, no secret, really. It's just, they're just, um, it's just, it's just a, a, a kind of like a database, really, at the end of the day. It's, that's how it's turned out. And, and like, every now and then someone asks me, what, what do you reckon will go good with that, with my bitch? And, you know, for me to do a... Um, an analysis of a brood bitch can take me two days, you know. Yeah, right. So, so it takes a long, long time. And because uh, what I do is I, I don't just look at this what the sire, how, what nicks what nicks well with that particular sire that's on offer, but I also look at the bitch's pedigree and I, I look at the grant the two the two grand sires and I go backwards and I, and I look at what, what what they nick well with and I look yep. for that in the in in the actual sire that they may want to mate with yeah and, right yeah so so i, I so when i when i do when i do my own ones god i can I, I've, I've got spreadsheets galore you know that, that um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bit of a nerd like that but <laughs> hey nothing wrong with a good but, spreadsheet but that's, not, but that's not the be all end all you know at yep. the end of the day i come up with a i come up with a range of of um you know size that i think will match match well and then then you've got to go through uh, all the other aspects, you know, you've got to you've got to know your own your own dog. You've got to know, you've got to know if she's a, a, a 
a very nervous type or a calm type and whether she's a strong finisher or a good beginner. Um, does she rail? Does she run wide? You know, there's all these things and you've got to try and match, complement all those other qualities uh, with a sire as far as, as, far as you, you can work out what their traits are, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's things like, things like that, you know. So, so it's not all just about the paper the pedigree on paper you have to have to have some some knowledge about your own dog and and the size you're putting them to as well to try and work out the best match for your for your bitch yeah and then and then that's kind of half the work and then you obviously then they're born and you got to look after your brood bitch and make make sure she's in nice condition and and then um, the pups have to be reared well and educated well and then eventually trained well so yeah. it's, it's a it's a big it's a big um it's a big project you know to breed a litter and 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 for anyone not just not just me but but uh for, for anyone to get it right and make sure every step along the way you're doing everything spot on because there's a lot of money involved in breeding yeah. a litter and you know and obviously you, you want to cut down on on your wastage so you want to breed the best litter you possibly can yep yep what well, shimmer shine like she's uh she's a may 2021 whelping yeah, so shimmer yeah, shine he right. was fairly he would have been fairly new to the stud scene back then well, he was, yeah. And when I when I did when I when I sort of programmed that mating, I was looking at you know Fernando and and Barcia and Barcia didn't match up too badly, um, but I liked Sons of Barcia for her because she needed other. To my mind, she needed other other lines to 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 um, to complement her her own pedigree. Yeah. So originally, I went with um, with Aston DB, and we we got a litter of eight there and um they all won they, we had 100 percent winners in, in that litter um most of them won over 500 they weren't particularly classy i mean i can't say they were you know superstars but a couple of them won in town which is you know pretty good um so that was you know pretty satisfactory and it's good that everyone who bought one got a win out of it got or got wins out of it yeah um but the shimmer shine litter um really stood out when i did it and um and, and even even now, while she's having her fourth litter, I've, I've made it her again. She's about to have another litter to shimmer shine. And oh, I couldn't find lovely. a replacement for him, really. I thought, yeah. I'll try something different. And I went looking around. I spent about three days trying to work out what else I could put to anything else except shimmer shine. Um, but you know what? I just came back to shimmer shine, really, yep. at the end of the day for her. I thought, you know, there's nothing else that I really like. Yep. To be honest, yeah. And there's as so far as their pedigree is concerned, yeah. There's definitely. so many people now who, um, you know, like I talked to my dad and he's, what, been in the sport 50-odd years and he said sort of back in the day people were just um, terrified of doing repeat matings. But it's mm. becoming so more common now and it's good to see that the second litter, the repeat mating, you know, is producing um, sometimes more, if not better, than the first mating. So it's sort of, um, you know, disbanding that old, you know, wives' tale that repeat matings are no good well you know my guy has done it four times i think yep. he i am just fernando he's not scared of it and uh you know i had a look at a litter the other day zoom tops leader actually zoom tops breeding i mean they went five times to black top yeah you know like and there was a litter in between that just i can't remember who it was too but but um they they weren't much good <laughs> <laughs> and all, all the all the matings to black top had group dogs in every litter yep and i think she had about six litters something like that um 
Billy Beaver, I think her name was, the mother. And, um, you know, then there was a, a, a lady who's passed away now, um, Bev Marley. She um, she used to, uh, she, she bred a bitch called Signing, and she was by Token Prince. And she went three times to Token Prince with, with the mother of Signing, and, um, and uh, sorry, Resigned it was, Signing's the mother. Yeah, so Resigned. And, uh, and, like, she got group dogs and group stayers in every litter. Yep. So, so I, I reckon it's a bit of a fallacy, to be yeah. honest. The horse breeders do it all the time. They they go, they go to the same, same sire multiple times, and they get good horses all the time. So yeah. I, I can't see how that's how that can be different with with greyhounds. We probably have more variables because we have more pups, you know. Yeah, we, we don't have one at a time. We have sometimes up to ten or eleven, you know, and so the genetics can can fall different ways in the, in the, in each pup. But I, generally, I think it's not it doesn't make a difference to me. I think you can you can you can get a bad litter going to Fernando. You know? Yes, so, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not not that he's a bad side. He's a great side. One of the greatest. Yep. So you know. Yeah. You know, it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, people are, sometimes they're very quick to blame the stud dog, and I said, look, you know, there's good and bad to to every stud dog. You know, no, none of them are perfect, and yeah, yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah, you know, like you've got to respect anyone who breeds a litter because it's probably easier to make a mistake than to succeed. You know, so so if you if you happen to get it right, you know, whether you fluked it or whether you planned it, you know, good luck to you. I reckon because it's just such a such a risk to take. In this day and age, especially now when we when we can't rehome our dogs as as readily as possible, yes. Know, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Um, now looking forward to this week. Um, she's back up at Albion Park. Um, for the Gold Cup heats, she's drawn box five. Um, yes. yes. How are you? How are you seeing this race panning out? Um, I don't think so. The, well, the the four the, the four Amendola, she's she's a good beginner and she can. Um, I'm just have a bit of luck around that first turn and um, and, and 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 do the job, you know. Yep. Yep. She knows the track pretty well. She just needs not to get get knocked knocked over too much in the first in the first say hundred or two hundred meters and you know then she she needs then she'll she'll wind up. That's yeah. uh, that's that's her uh, that's her MO. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. How um she, go on, sorry, sorry, I was gonna say tell me about your association with Tony Zemmett and how you came about linking up with him to train up. Well um you well, you know Darren Leeson and he's he's we've been uh, friends for you know in greyhounds for a lot of years and um and uh, he came with me to to pick them up when when they got broken in and uh, she broke in rather well and like i said emily zoe broke in i broke i i, I organized to break in for her for judy and and uh, but my bitch um broke in uh, broke in pretty pretty nicely and and her run home time was quite strong and i and he had um i think he had uh, deferrin with with Tony at the time, and he had Frida Las Vegas 
with her before that, with him before that. Yeah. And he'd always he'd always been singing Tony's praises over over the years. Um, and he always used to describe how he how he would train his dogs and how patient he was and, and so on. And I thought that's the sort of guy I want to, for, <laughs> for, for this bitch. And so actually, we just basically came out of the Oaks. Uh, kennels and I think we hadn't even got out of Dairy Road yet and he was on the phone to him <laughs> <laughs> and, and he explained to Tony uh, 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 you know, how she went and, and compared to other dogs I've had that have done nicely there, done nicely over the years and how they've broken in and um, and, and and basically he said, look, you know, I'll, I'll have a vacancy in a, in a few weeks and um, that's the first time I've ever spoken to him. And, uh, yeah, so he took he took a, about four or five weeks after that. Yeah, so that's, that's how it all came about. Yeah, right. And then, now, and yeah, now, he, back. now he's part of the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> can't, wait, can't wait to get to Sydney. He says he's the best sleep he ever gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of photos that you've posted and, you know, obviously, you know, you've been nice enough to let me share across socials and that. And, yeah, she's happily sitting on her bed. Tony's kicked back to relax on the lounge. So why wouldn't he enjoy it? Oh, bloody hell. I'll tell you. My wife's hand and foot. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder yeah, he keeps wanting to come to Sydney. Yep, yep. How did it um... And she's such a chill dog too. Well, that's what no, I was going to say. How does she handle it all? I oh, wouldn't like she's she's actually got pretty much the same um, temperament as her mother, to be honest. And she's quite a chill dog as well. Yeah, nice. Um, and uh, she just nothing really nothing really phases her. You know, we, I went last Friday to, uh, to pick, her, pick Tony up from the airport, and she, yeah, she's in she's sitting in in a crate. You know, and a lot of dogs would be pretty nervous, and she, she just comes out as if, as if it's she's been doing it all. All her life, you know, and she, she settles settles in well at my place. So I've got another bitch there, and um, you know, it's the first time she's met that bitch because um, normally her mother's been there, and I've just I've taken the other bitch. Away. I've only got a couple of kennels at home, and um, uh, just nothing bothers her. Yes, <laughs> yeah. She's, she's she's just really really good. We've got a little Italian greyhound as a pet as well, and uh, you know they get on like a house on fire, <laughs> believe it or not. So that's awesome. I'm worried that she's going to snap at her, but she doesn't. She just she comes up, sniffs her, sniffs her at her, and says hi to her, and she just looks up at her and says, "Oh yeah, there you go." It's um, <laughs> it's such an advantage, isn't it, when they can settle and travel like that? I mean, you know, it's um, especially with staying races, you know, they they seem to be very sort of spread out, and you know, I. I you know, presume, you know, you guys may ponder, you know, targeting something like the 715, which is obviously at Newcastle, and then you've got the races in Sydney, Melbourne, and having a good traveller, like, I can't imagine how much easier that makes the whole process. I, I think it's pretty comforting for Tony, because, he, you know, he, he really worries about, about that, and, um, you know, I think it makes him feel a lot lot easier in in doing in doing that i'm sure if she was a bad traveler he, he wouldn't probably wouldn't um wouldn't be keen as keen to do so yeah um but but she's um no, she's really she's really good actually believe it or not she's just terrific you know it's like but she just comes in my lounge she hasn't learned to walk on the wooden floor yet but um we have, we have to carry her in yeah she becomes a statue for that. <laughs> the only thing, it's about the only thing that stresses her out yeah right yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, just rugs and towels and carpets and blankets everywhere, no floors. 
we have to we have, we have to we have to carry her into the house for the time being. We try to get her. We don't want to get her to walk in case she hurts herself. Yeah, exactly. So we, so we don't <laughs> worry about that. We just we'll just carry her in for now. Yeah. One day when she retires and comes back to my place, and we'll teach her how to walk on the floor. Then. <laughs> Roll out a red carpet or something for her till um till she yeah, we'll learns. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that so she can walk on it yep. for the time being. No, definitely. <laughs> no, that's awesome. She might have her own bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, now take me um take me back to the start of of your involvement with greyhound racing. You mentioned your dad, and yeah, is that sort of how you first got involved in the sport? Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of funny because um how how the first time I went to the dogs um. I was probably about, I still remember it quite vividly. I was eight years old, believe it or not. So it's like 54 years ago, right? <laughs> and um, and my, my my sister was in hospital with tonsillitis and my mother had gone to stay with her. She was only six years old. And um, <clears throat> anyway, my, my father was, me and my father were home and his mate came over and he said, his mate says, what are we going to do tonight, you know? He says, why don't we go to the dogs? And, and I'd never been, and um, so that off we bundled me in the car, and off I went went to Harold Park with them. And I'll tell you what, that night it, my eyes just were like dishes, honestly. You know, like I just was fascinated by the dogs, and <laughs> and then a couple of years later, my dad became a bookmaker, believe it or not. And, yeah, um, right. I was about. At ten years old or ten or eleven years old, and um, and he he started off at Lithgo, uh, doing the morning and, and afternoon meetings, and then he graduated to all the tab tracks, and eventually went with Park, and so I wasn't allowed to go during the week, but but um, when on school holidays, I went every night. <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of learned how to punt there, which probably wasn't a good thing. My mum wasn't too happy about that, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's life. Oh. <laughs> and so that's how it started there, and um, and and then he went. Then he became a bookmaker at Appen. So we used to go to Appen when when that first started up as a racetrack, and yep. he stopped going to Lithgow because it was closer, and. Um, and eventually he stopped, and then I was about seventeen when he stopped um, being a bookmaker, and um, and then we had my my, my grandfather's um, my grandfather's friend. He uh, Jeff Collison knows him really well. He he was a guy called Enzo Federici. He had a, he had a pasta shop in Leichhardt, believe it or not, and he used to used to coach soccer and was a, a physiotherapist actually for for the Juventus soccer team when he was in Italy. Yeah, right. And, um, so he re, he was coaching soccer here as well as running his pasta shop. And yep. we got to know him because my mum was involved in in, a, in the delicatessen business, so she she used to so he used to come around as well to to her shop and so he got i got to know him he got to know me then we used to see him at the track because he eventually he, he gave up soccer and started training greyhounds because he was bored he said oh, i've got to have something to do and so so he taught himself how to train greyhounds and he was really good at, at injury management and um anyway um my father then bought a dog get him to train and and i was about 18 at the time and um, and it was a, she was a, she was a stayer. She, she was pretty 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 average, but you know she was a bit of a plodder. And um, he, he he got a race out of her at Lithgow, and then he said, and I was always interested. I used to catch her and, and, and so on. I got involved in that side of it. And then he said, then I, I said I wouldn't mind having a go at training. So Enzo said, well, why don't you train this one and I'll help you? And that's that's how I got into into greyhound training back yeah, then. Yeah, right. 
and then and then she eventually retired, and and we bought one by the same sire, a sire called Early Copy, and that ended up being Allegretto who won eighteen races. And Jesus! Basically, pa- basically paid my way through university. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. How good! Oh, and, then, and then and then I met a guy, um, a, a guy at uni called Paul Cross, who ended up. He now is one of the. I think he's a CEO. At, one of the CEOs at, at the TAB at New South Wales TAB, but he he, he was he was doing an accountancy course and uh, and he he was training dogs, and he ended up training a young star classic winner called um, Olympic Avalon, and um, and I used to help him. And he used, we used to help each other because yep. we were both students and pretty much the same age. We became great mates, and he he was um, he became um, a groomsman at my at my wedding, and uh, yeah, we're still good friends. So you know, yeah, even, though, even though he's flying pretty high these days, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a good he's a good guy, and um, yeah, no. So it's um, yeah, it's been a bit of a career, and I, I just stayed. Um, eventually, I, I I gave up greyhound training. And had a bit of a break from the sport while I was kind of, you know, travelling and yep. studying, getting my career going. And then, you know, I got married and uh, and then eventually got back into it. I said, oh, I got to, I got to get back into. It. I got to buy another. I got to buy a dog. And so I started with one, then two, and, and then life goes on, doesn't it? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think at one stage I might have had fifteen or so. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, I know, it was too many, but anyway. Oh, I shouldn't judge. I've got way more than that. So, yeah, I can't judge anyone. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, so take me back to when, like, obviously you were learning how to train. Are there any, yep. you know, obviously you're not training at the moment, but are there a couple of no. key things that, you know, you sort of pieces of advice or whatever you were given during your training that, you know, sort of really helped you? I mean, everyone says patience, and you know, I listen to your, to your um, podcast quite a bit, and you know, and that's very true. You got to be very patient, uh, and I guess I, I guess I was taught. Um, uh, I was fortunate to to be involved with, with with Enzo at the time, and and he he taught me a lot about about checking greyhounds, how yeah. to check greyhounds, and how to manage their injuries. And I, I feel that that's really important. Um, if you if you know you know a lot about um, about how, about fitness and about how to how to um, manage um, all the aches and pains a dog can get, um, and and be able to identify them before they get to a stage where where you'll get a tear or or something else you know, more drastic might happen. Um, you know you you got a better chance of keeping that dog on the track, and I thought that was you know that was probably the greatest thing I, I got out of that. You know. Yeah. Um, but he also taught me a lot of other things. He taught me a lot about about um, developing a dog, um, basically as a puppy to to, to run five hundred meters and uh, and uh, and how to how to educate it with other dogs or as much as you can, because you know he said you can have a fast pup, but you know it's got to learn to race with other dogs. And uh, yep. you know, and I probably see a, don't see a lot of that happening these days. I just seen, tend, tend to see people trolling their dogs. On their own, and there's not many, there's not much opportunity for um, for trainers to put to to trial their dogs with with in a field. Yeah, which that's I think right. Is a real shortcoming in the sport. Now, yeah. probably one of the things I'm probably pretty, um, you know, not upset about. But you know, I just think that's a downward a downward thing. You know, I think it's, it's a, I think it's that the the our authorities or our clubs should be putting on 
things like qualies or maiden, you know, maiden um, sessions where people can bring their maidens and, and run them with each other. You know, like yep. they used to have the old PTs, yep. you know, sort of yep. thing. So horses have barrier trials, you yep. know, they, they, you know, young horses. So the club set up barrier trials and you can nominate your horse for a barrier trial. Why can't we nominate our, our dogs for maiden maiden trials, you know, yep. and where there's two or three runners? So at least they get a chance to, to trial with other, other young dogs, you know, and yep. learn how to handle themselves in a field, that sort of thing. Yeah, so exactly. There's a lot of things I think can that in the old days were done a lot better than, than what they're, how they're done now. But, of course, there are things that are much better now than they were before. Like tracks, tracks are a lot better. They're, they're getting better all the time and safer, yep. I feel. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, they've progressed in, in a lot of other areas. But, you know, I think with a lot of the old school train, art of training is, 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 is being lost a little bit. Yep. Because we tend to breed more for speed rather than, than, than have the patience to develop dogs to, to run further. You know, we yep. don't want our dogs to get 500, but I think the new the newer trainers seem to more concentrate on having a dog with early pace rather than – which is great because when you're in front, you're in front. But but then but then they, they tend to keep them at the three and 400-metre distances and not progress them, which I, I think, is, you know, probably not the right thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's yep. that's just the way, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. That's what I've noticed over the years, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Dad used to say to me, he's like, oh, you know, back in my day, you know, again, we're talking like 40, 50 years ago, he's like, there was used to be eight – eight dog field trials he said you know that's and yeah. I was like you're joking he's like nut you would have eight dogs in a in a field trial he said that's how you know many dogs there were and you know people were super keen to do it because like you said they wanted to give them an experience yeah. and it's just right. you know I think the most we've ever got of, of ladies maybe one if not two but again you know you don't have three dog races or very very rarely no. but yeah no, exactly well back in the day I mean we I used to troll because I lived at Lansfar which is near Warwick Farm um, I used to troll at Potts Park quite a bit yeah and like you'd have to line up like about thirty deep you know. And there'd be there'd be four of you, you know, in a in line. They'd do four dog trials, and there'd be thirty back. So that's one hundred and twenty dogs, yep. right? So while you're waiting, you're saying, "What do you got? You got a maiden? You got you got the, oh, he's one one race at wherever, and he's not very fast." Okay, so you try and try and work out who you're going to troll with. You know? <laughs> 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 they, yeah, they want. They, they, I remember one night I, when I was when I was pre-training Alec Ritzer and uh, I, I lined up um, with a guy I didn't know who he was, but it ended up being a guy called Gary Ralph, and he and he had, he had a dog, a brind, this big brindle dog, and he said, "Oh, he's just a maiden." And I said, "Oh, yeah, okay, all right, okay, we'll go with you, all right, no worries." <laughs> anyway, this thing bloody brained her. And I thought, "Far out!" I thought she was all right, but this thing killed me, you know. <laughs> 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 ended up being Brutess with a really great dog. Oh, and Gary Ralph joined Red, Red um, Gold Spring and a whole bunch of other champions oh, as well. So, you know. yeah. But he did lie. He said it was a maiden. So yeah. <laughs> Just a really good maiden. 
a real good maiden. That's right, exactly. Better than mine, anyway. Oh, Much dear. better than mine. But anyway, she, I knew how good she was then because she finished about six lengths behind him. So I thought, well, when he, when he won his first race, I think it might have been a bulleye. Uh, he, he killed him in a really fast time. And I thought, oh, wow, that's the dog that beat mine because I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it turned out, I was, I was upset at the time, but. <laughs> but became ha- much happier after yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> nice nice and just um yeah. probably just lastly like again touch now that you've obviously yeah. you know you've transitioned away from the training for now and you know into the yeah. owner breeded side you know it, uh, and i get this question every day you probably get it as well people are like oh you know i'm trying to find a pup or i'm trying to find a race dog you know what should i be looking for and that and you know like for me i I really don't know what to tell people and, you know, it is a lottery I think most of the time but, you know, I think listening to yourself and, you know, all the effort and work that you put in, there is obviously, you know, if you put in the effort, you know, there's there's rewards there and you can, you know, give yourself yeah. an advantage. So, you know, oh, just... Look, what I do is not foolproof, you know, like it's, uh, you can make, you can still make mistakes at the end of the day, but you just try, all I'm really doing is trying to put the percentages in my favour more than anything, you know, yep. by, by doing what I'm doing. And I guess you've got to you've got to follow some belief in in in, in what you, in what you're trying to achieve. Um, but just generally, I mean, I like to buy. I like if I buy a pup, I like to buy from a, a strong bitch, uh, like a, a really strong finishing 500 meter bitch or a bitch that went over 600 or 700 meters. Yep. Because because that's the sort of dog I'm looking for, yep. you know. Yep. I mean, uh, everyone's a bit different. Everyone has their own preference. Others love to buy out of flying beginners that one up to 400 metres. If that's what you like, well, that's what you like, you know what I mean? Yep. So you just, you just work off what you what your personal preferences are, you know. Yep. And um, but look for the classiest dog you can you can bitch you can breed from. I, I do really believe that ability is, 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 is – um, is handed down, and especially um, dogs who are good chasers. You know, I, I think chase is something that's inherited and passed on from the mother. I really, I really do. Um, and uh, I, I don't think I've ever bred from a non a bitch that I thought was a non chaser, no matter how fast she was. You yeah, know, right. I mean, well, old, that's a good old, point. Uh, guys yep. will say, yep. "Oh, yeah, but you know, she had a motor, but she was evil, and you know, <laughs> bred this and that, and the and the rest of it." But uh, I, I tend to try and and cut cut that down. I only breed maybe one litter a year, so I don't want to. I don't breed ten litters a year, so I don't, I've got the resources to all the time to to do that. You know, so I try and make a mark wherever I can. You know, so I just I just buy from. Either breed from bitches that are that I know were good chasers, or or um, buy from bitches that that are good that were good chasers. Yeah, yep. that's that's probably probably the best advice I give. You know, um, to anyone, to yep. be honest. Yeah, yep. and and buy the best one you can afford. Yeah, best from the best bitch you can afford. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and I think too, like I think a lot of people get a bit overwhelmed because you know the choice of size, you know the pool is quite large, and it feels like you know every week there's somebody else going to sun. People go, oh, there's so many, I don't know who to choose from. So I think people get a little bit overwhelmed by that as well. I think, I think people put too much emphasis on the sire. I think to so honest. too. I agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I think they do, and, and and really, it's all about for me. Uh, 
my experience is, is trying to get the right mix of bloodlines in the pups. Um, you know, a lot of my a lot of my theories that I that I work off is I've, I've followed um, the Wheeler families um, uh, like journey because back when I started training, I mean Alan Wheeler and Bill Fletcher where they were, they were the two icons of the time, you know, and I got on really well with, with Bill Fletcher, who had um, Mr Moss and World Acclaim and all those great dogs of the past, and he, he ran Mossville Stud. And and he always used to say to me, he goes, you know, he used to say, look, don't worry about the sire, worry about the mother. He always used to say that to me, and and um, and Alan Wheeler was very similar, and he 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 always experimented Alan Wheeler with, with with a lot of dogs, and and so did Paul, his son. Um, it's kind of more or less my vintage, and I got, I got to know Paul um, during that time, and when he was still young, and and uh, you know I've spoke, spoken to him quite a few times over the years, and uh, you know he said. Sandro, make sure you get you get you get your mix right. That's what he said. So that's kind of what inspired me to do to do the um, to keep the stats that I do because yeah. I know that he 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 kept his own stats and he used to say to me, Collision was was probably one of the one of the best sires that 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 fit fit his um his his breed and he used to breed to a lot of sires that had collision either collision in them or by collision or you know like Dynavilla I think he's he uses Dynavilla a lot which was one of his own dogs but by collision and I think he's Feral Frankie who was by collision yeah they got, got Kelsey Bale from it so you know he was he he, he kind of inspired me to, to work off off of these these nicks and um what suited your bitch and um so yeah that's that's kind of where all that came from yeah, yeah nice. to be honest nice just just things you pick up yep you know talking to people and and you learn and then you then you make your own way really that's 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 what you do but you could you could have your ear to the ground you've got to try and work out what they're doing i mean not everyone tells you everything and that's the way it is you know but but you know you've got to try and be smart enough to try and work it out yourself at times i know it's daunting but yeah but you know <laughs> you, you work you try and work it out so you get it right yeah yeah as right as right as you can for yourself that, that's all that's what I guess that's the advice I can give, but yeah, that's yeah. what inspired me more than anything. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And and that's the thing I say to people. I think they, you know, they want to try and learn everything and know everything in a week. And I said it's just not going to happen. I said you talk to most people, especially people who have had success. I said it's been years and years in the making, and it comes mm. back to what you said about being patient. I said if you, you know, just be a little bit patient and talk to the right people and get advice from the right people and that. I said yeah, you can just. Yeah, you sort of yeah. like you said, make your I, own I, I used to marvel at how how Paul could breed um, some great dogs from from sires that no one would ever dream of using. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's Jarvis. He uses his own sires, like Jarvis Bale. No one ever bothers to use, but he got Alan Deed from it. Then, <laughs> then they go and use Alan Deed, and they get Yachi Bale and Zola Bale, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other good dogs. You know. Yeah. And and they used. Bartram Bale, uh, sorry, um, David Bale to get Fanta Bale, you know, yep. like 
no one would have bred a dog to David Bale. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone who's bred, bred a dog to David Bale. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I tell you what, though, if he suited my bitch, I'd, I'd use him for yep. sure. Hundred percent. You know? It kind of, um, it kind of reminds me of what, um, you know, what the Daily Family does. You know, I, mm. I get some people message me and they go, "Who in the hell is?" You know, Bally Mac something or Droopy or something. Need my money now. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but they've they've learned they've learned that I feel from from following Paul as well. Yeah. You know, and and you know, you've got to give credit to a guy like like Jeff Collins who who brought in heaps and heaps of great sires from America. Or not not all of them great, but but different bloodlines. From from the USA, and and also previously from from Ireland, I think him and Paul Horry brought out Spiro and Akita, like Pro and 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 a, and a few others, and and they've been like game changers for yeah. our, for our, for our breed. Really, they have. You know, they've expanded the choices, and there's so many sires now, which carry all those imported lines as well as our own lines, and you can mix and match. To your heart's content, you know, but based on what you're trying to achieve. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and I used to, like I said, I used to marvel at, at Paul how he could get great dogs. I mean, he even he used um, meticulous a few times, and he got group dogs from meticulous. How the hell did he do that? <laughs> I used to wonder. <laughs> so I used to study the matings, and that's and that's how that's how that's how I got 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 to what I'm doing yeah and I I always see a common I'd see a common thread you know in what he used to do over time and um I was studying enough of it and I guess Greyhound Art is the the catalyst for to help you with all that you know and it's just probably the most wonderful resource we've got in in the the sport I reckon yep and, you know, hope it stays that, hope, hope it's preserved and stays that way. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, you know, I, I sort of think to myself, where would we be without it? Like, it would be a struggle. We'd be lost. Yeah. We'd be doing it all on paper. Yeah. And take it. Uh, 60 days instead of two days to, for me to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably, all the, I'd probably all the end up buying a share and... of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We'd be trawling through all the stud books like I used to do when I was younger and trying to... And, they used to, and people used to do it, believe yep. me. We all used yep. to do it. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, it love... but, you know, it cut your options down because you couldn't do the test mating, right? You couldn't see it right in front of you. Exactly. It pops up in front of you. So, so this way it's much more dynamic, you know, and uh, it's just brilliant the way... Well, it was, it was actually set up by, by two German guys, Gunnar and Holger, over in, over in Germany. Yeah, right. Yeah, and um, and they developed it, and and people used to put in their pedigrees voluntarily, which you can still do now if you want to, and um, and then eventually Tony Gallagher bought it, and um, yeah, and uh, and developed it a little bit more, and made it a bit more commercial, you know, and, uh, and like I said, he's hopefully he, he he sticks around for a while. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we need it. That's for sure. I um, I don't think my poor old stud books can take any more post-it notes. They're just they're just covered in them. So, oh god, <laughs> mine are just about threadbare. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they're on computer now. Exactly, exactly <laughs> right. Out, I can print out a, I can print out a new, a new one every, whenever I need it. Yep, yeah. yep, definitely. I wish everyone success who breeds and and um, just just would like everyone to. At least feel what I'm feeling at the moment, which is, um, you know, 
pure satisfaction for what you're doing, you know. Yep. So whether you're training, breeding, owning, you know, you can't get a bigger thrill than, 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 what, than what, what I'm getting at the moment, I don't think, in, yep. in this sport. So yeah. it's it's been a nice journey, I must say. You know, I've had a lot of nice dogs, but never had one as like her, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not over yet either. That's the good thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.